0: that it can make a difference in our experience of this walk of life inwardly and even outwardly. Because remember, this is a land of reflection. As above, so below. So maybe as we approach inwardly this journey in more of a process of awakening to the divine in all things, rather than trying to learn the lesson or get the karma done, maybe just that little different approach in ourselves might make this experience of life we're going through somewhat different. I always like to say experiment. Try it out. Just like you'd try on a new suit, new clothes. Try on a new attitude, a new approach, a new perspective of how you choose to participate in life. Wear it for a while. Wear it out. Wear it out. That's what we're doing anyway, isn't it? I mean, Think about it. Isn't there all these different attitudes and stuff we'd love to get rid of and we just can't seem to? We even know some of our patterns or karmas or challenges or whatever you want to call them And yet we just can't seem to change that. We would love to because we know it's driving us into the ground and it creates the pain and the turmoil and the upset. And we so badly want God to take it away. But yet it still just keeps driving us. It's wearing us out. I know. But maybe that's part of the program. Maybe that's part of the plan. That as we are worn out, well, what is getting worn out? It's being used, right? We're using it, or we're being used, right? When we're being used, we feel abused. But when we're using, what? We experience the usability. Either way, it's getting used. And the funny thing of how things work in this world, or shall I just say this process, this journey? That it is through that continuous use of over and over and over that eventually it does get worn out, and in getting worn out, it gets used up. Just another way of saying karma is complete. Because usually, when something gets that worn, we've had plenty of experience, and in that experience is the greater understanding the knowing, the fulfillment. And that's what the soul is here to do, is to have the experience for its fulfillment. I'm making karma even sound like a good thing, right? Well, it is. That's what we came into this world to have, to experience. Karma, unlearn lessons, learn a lesson, go have the experience. Do it, participate, take action. Till so the next time you feel worn out, just remember the good thing about being worn out. The karma is getting worn out to its fulfillment. And as it is fulfilled, it will then die off, and then all of a sudden we'll have tears of sadness of this part of us that's dying. It's just so funny these tears of sadness of this part we've been experiencing for so long dying off we will grieve over it. But even if you do that, continue to move forward and let these things die off. Because you could keep enlivening them. But if you can understand a little bit more of how this works, you can choose to keep living the loving and allowing these other aspects of the physical material world to just die off because automatically you'll let go and let them die as you keep choosing spirit more and more that's why when you go through the turmoil you know something's dying off even if you feel sad it's often the process just keep coming back up here Being gentle. This is the most gentle place, is the soul. Keep coming into the soul. That's where you're going to get your loving, your nurturing, your gentleness, the softness, the acceptance, the safety. When you're in there, it's easy to be vulnerable. It's hard to be vulnerable when you're caught up down here in the gut in these illusions of the world, struggling to hang on for their dear life. Just let go. And then when you do rise above all the pain and struggle and you come up to the soul, you'll begin to see the joy rather than the sadness. You'll begin to experience the greater living rather than that which is dying. One thing I've learned over the years, whenever there's tears of sadness... There's always also, on the flip side of it, tears of joy. The only thing that's different is where you're looking. Are you looking into the sadness? The tears of losing something? Or are you looking into the spirit? The tears of gaining the greater life of loving. That's the only difference. So the next time you find yourself in that grief or the losing and sadness, just remember to turn around, to look back within and up. Bring your attention to the seat of the soul. Look inwards and upwards to that river of loving because that's where you're going to experience the tears of joy and gratitude even the gratitude for the experience of this loss. Because the soul knows that in that, it is fulfilling its journey and returning back into the heart of God. And that's what we're doing in this action of initiation, of living the loving and walking this path of sound and light. It's the soul's fulfillment. So walk the journey in joy. And joy. And enjoy. Just live the loving. That's all there is. And ever will be.
1: As Brian was talking, so many different things were going through my head. And sometimes my mind will fixate on something that I hear, and then I kind of go off with it. And I had to keep pulling myself present now, present now, and not follow the mind, because the mind was trying to take me somewhere. And one time as I let go of where my mind was trying to take me and I came center again, I came across a memory. that kind of related a little bit to what Brian was sharing. It, it it related to me very much anyway. And it was back when I was working on a ranch and it was the first summer I started on the ranch and they gave me a brand new saddle to uh, put on the horse and, and to go. And would herd cattle and just do all kinds of things, check on fences and whatever. And when I got this new saddle, I was just so proud of it. It was. Beautiful. I mean, it was just a beautiful saddle, brand new, shiny, uh, smelled like fresh leather, and uh, I saddled up the first time and got on it, and I rode a little bit, and boy, it was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It looked good, but it was really uncomfortable. And I came back that night, and I was a little bit sore and wondering what what the heck's going on. And uh, the uh, man that I was working for, he said, "Well, how'd you like your new saddle?" I said, "Well," I like looking at it, but I sure don't like sitting on it. He says, I know, give it time. You've got to wear it in. It's just going to take time to wear it in. And he said, but once once it gets worn in, it'll be comfortable for a long, long time. And then one day you're going to get on it, and it's not going to feel right because something's breaking down on it. And then... From then on, every time you're on it, you're going to think, well, I've got to get something new now. I've got to get a new saddle. This isn't working. And he said, that's just the way of a saddle. That's the life of a saddle. When it's brand new, it's the most beautiful thing you can see, but it's the most uncomfortable thing you can use. And when it gets worn in, it looks more worn in, but it feels really good. But then when it breaks down and it wears out, it doesn't look so good and it certainly doesn't feel so good. And it was funny because I immediately began to look at that as life. You know, we get these new bodies and they look great and they feel great at first, but when we start using them, we feel like, oh my God, this is so stiff. It's so hard. It's so challenging. And we have to kind of wear it in and get used to our body and get used to using this body and how the world works around the body. And then we use it for a long time and it's comfortable and we get into habit patterns and routines and we just run them and they run us and everything seems normal and okay and we're satisfied, maybe not happy happy, but satisfied and it's a life life of comfort. And then all of a sudden something breaks down, something goes wrong, something gets irritating and now we realize this isn't good anymore, this isn't comfortable. And now we have to put up with this, this comfort of something breaking down, well, it isn't just the body that breaks down, but it's it's our mechanism, our the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act, the way we react. All of that breaks down after a while. We can make it work for a while, you know. We we begin and we figure it out, and as teenagers so and in our twenties, we figure out a lot of things and we get our routine down, and and we find a way to make life work for us, and it gets comfortable. It's okay and we, we move that way and then we kind of glide on that for a long time where it's worn in now we've got a routine and we just run it but then one day the routine doesn't work. One day somebody comes up to us and challenges our routine and now we're in that place where things are starting to wear out. The routine doesn't work anymore. Now I've got to figure out a new routine or I've got to go get a new saddle however you would want to put it and so I looked at my life, even back then. I was 16 I, let's see, I was 15 years old when I got my first saddle. And uh, I looked at my life even at the age of 15, and I thought, "Gosh, I wonder if that's what life is like. You know, We get these new bodies, they're beautiful, they're shiny, they're interesting. We begin to ride them, and they're a little bit uncomfortable. We're a little bit awkward with them. And it takes a while for us to get it all seated just right and comfortable to ride. And that's how I think this life is. We do take time to to figure it all out. And that's the awkwardness of of our youth. And then eventually somewhere in our 20s or in our 30s, all of a sudden something gets really comfortable and we just glide for a while. And so I looked at that at the age of 15 wondering, is that really what my life is going to be like? And I can actually tell you the day that I found my body, like the saddle, got comfortable. And it was the age of 22. And all of a sudden, I got into this place inside where it just was comfortable. I wasn't fighting with life anymore. I wasn't fighting with myself anymore. I had a routine. I had a way. And I was just gliding along. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s that I began to realize that I had been kind of gliding along some of that energy that I had developed and found comfort in in my, my 20s. And it was around 40, 41 when I began to realize that I wasn't doing all the work I needed to be doing inside. I was kind of using the old routines, the old patterns, the old belief systems to kind of survive and exist and to do in the world. and. I think that if we can begin to look at our lives that way and realize where is it we're really just kind of sitting in our comfort zone and doing the routine and not really facing life and doing life and participating in a way by which we truly can grow, ever keep growing, ever keep moving forward. And it can happen to any of us and all of us because that's the way of this world and that's the way of this body. So... It really is a matter of staying as present as you can in the moment, in yourself, in the events of your life, in your thoughts, in your feelings, in your actions, in your reactions, and find out, is this how I want to live my life now? Is this really working for me? Is this who I really am? Is this where I really want to go? So that you stay more in charge, that you stay more in charge of your life and in charge of your destiny. Because In every given moment, through our actions and our reactions, through our doing and not doing, from our participation or not participating, we are making choices that ever lay a foundation by which we move forward into the next moment and into the next moment. And if we're ever avoiding, running away, denying, laying back and not doing, then we are just creating for ourselves more and more challenge End of the days ahead. But if we're ever staying present and looking and seeing what's now and handle what is right now, take care of it, answer it, do it, fulfill it, then life becomes easier. It is busy, it's ever busy because there's the next moment. Okay, now what do I have to do? What's now? And we do that. But it does become easier because we are ever staying present. And we're moving in this present moment where all of a sudden we are fulfilling the moment, fulfilling the moment, fulfilling the moment, and we don't have a lot of things hanging out in our consciousness and in the world unfulfilled, unlearned, and we have a path of ease and grace to walk upon. So as I was looking at this about the saddle and all of that, I remembered at the time at around the age of 13, 14, 15 years old, I was going to the Catholic Church with the family where I was doing the ranching at. And I had been to a couple of Catholic Masses and services throughout my life, but I didn't really have the opportunity to go to a lot of them. But I was there for two and a half months, and I went to Mass every Wednesday and Mass every Sunday because that's what they did. And we... I got into the routine of going to the Catholic Church, listening to what was being said, and participating in that. And in that, I would hear the priest often talk about grace, God's grace, God's grace. And I remember I took that into one of my meditation prayer sessions inside of myself, and I found that real refreshing to to dwell upon God's grace. So I did that for the rest of the summer, just... Bringing God's grace into my meditation, bringing God's grace into my life, bringing myself into God's grace, just doing it in all different ways. And then one day I remembered something that I had heard years and years ago, maybe at the age of seven, where I was contemplating different words, different terms, different things that I had read in the Bible or that I would heard at different churches. And one of them was the word grace. And what I heard was this. In the race of life, invite God in, and then you have grace. No longer do you live the race. And it was very interesting because I had been doing that for a number of years, and then I forgot. Isn't that how it often happens? We will find something that works for us, and we'll use it. But then the routine of life, and the call of the world, and the outside kind of pulls us away from the knowing and the memory of it, and we lose it, and we get caught back into some old patterns. And so I remembered that at the age of 15. I thought, oh, my God, invite God into the race because life was becoming a race for me. It was becoming a routine. It was becoming a have-to. It was becoming filled with so many different things. I mean, just working on the ranch, there were so many things to do. You know, I used to have chores at home, but this was more than chores. This was work. And then I got to school again, and it was work. There was all these things I had to do every day, homework, test, and and, uh, just everything that went along with school. And so I began to look and see how I had started living the race of life, just running every time, every day, every moment, just running with life, running with the world, and so I just began to invite God in to every given moment of the day. And God, this is your moment. And God, I invite you in. And God, here's, here's a challenge. Come on in and, and join me with this. And the more I began to bring God into it or give it up to God, I began to find that the race disappeared because I was bringing in God's grace. And that's what happens is if you invite God in or you give it up to God, you are allowing God's loving into your life. You're allowing it in. You're inviting it in. And you're no longer having to do it all yourself. And that's what God's grace is. God's grace is God's loving that you are allowing into your life and allowing it to participate with you and you participate with it. So, if in time of life, you find yourself caught up in the race, running, rushing, pushing, pulling, aggravated, angry, disturbed, distressed. Look and see that you have gotten caught up in the race of life. You've gotten caught up in the world. And you're making the outer more important than the inner. And stop for a moment and just say, God, I just invite you into the race. Come on in. And let's see if we can change this. Let's see if we can move with this energy in a different way. Inviting God in begins the transformation. And giving it up also begins to give God an opportunity to help you in transformation. The more I would give things up to God and the more I do it every day, the easier life is. And the easier it is to find that place of neutrality and maintain the neutrality in life. Rather than living in the polarities of life, caught up in the positive and the negative and the wants and the wanting to let go and all that goes with that, you can begin to find that straight and narrow path, that neutrality, that true loving that is God's living, loving essence that is your soul and live in that neutrality. And once you live in that neutrality, you'll begin to understand What it truly lives, what it is to live in freedom, to live in peace, to live in joy, to live in harmony, to live the loving, to live God's grace. And once you have touched into that, once you have touched into that neutrality and all that it encompasses, you will keep choosing back into it again and again and again as you move into the next day and the next and the next. And yes, you're going to be pulled by the world. The polarities are ever calling at us and pulling upon us. And they're familiar. They're somewhat comfortable and easy. They're the comfort zone. And we just get comfortable going back and forth between the positive and the negative. Well, here we go. Well, here we go. Well, here we go. Back and forth. But eventually, we do find that there is something uncomfortable in this constant pattern of up and down, back and forth, in a good place and in a negative place, in a good place and in a negative place. And all of a sudden, it isn't so easy and it isn't so comfortable anymore. And now we want a new saddle, we want a new life, we want a new way. Well, I found out as I went on through the different summers working on the ranch, And the saddle began to be more uncomfortable. I went from discomfort to great comfort to a little bit more uncomfortable. That I couldn't invite God into my saddle and the saddle would be okay. But I can invite God into the discomfort. And the discomfort left. I didn't focus on it anymore. I just put my focus on God and loving God and loving The God that dwells in all living things, in the animals, in the plants that we were working on, if we were farming, or whatever it might be. And so in my life, I have found wherever I find a place of discomfort, a fear, a judgment, an anger, I just invite God into it. And the moment I focus on God and not the disturbance, things begin to change, things begin to lift because I move into my centeredness. I'm no longer caught up in the polarities of life where the discomforts reside. I am now in the centeredness where God dwells and that's just pure loving. And it's quiet and it's peaceful and it's easy and it's simple. And yeah, there's still things I've got to do in life there's still difficulties and challenges and whatever that life can present me. But if I bring God into it, if I invite God into it, or if I give it up to God, it brings me to that neutrality and then I can move with the situation very differently than I might otherwise. And there'll be days, and there'll be moments within days where all of a sudden I focus so much on the problem, I forget to give it up to God. Until as I'm in it and I'm all disturbed and I'm trying to figure it out and I'm frustrated and pushing myself around and pushing the problem and the world around, all of a sudden something clicks and it goes, where is God in this? Have you invited God in yet? And I know the answer is no, I haven't or I wouldn't be caught up in the world the way I was. So I just bring God into it again. And in that moment, all becomes still and peaceful. And sometimes the solution just comes right up front and it's there. And sometimes the problem just drops away because it really isn't important and it's something that I just made important in the moment and was holding on to and I could have just let go of, but I didn't. Or whatever needs to take place will take place so that I can move on to what's next and what's next. And believe me, as long as you're in this body... There's a what's next. There's a wonderful feeling when everything is done in the moment. But then the next moment comes along and it goes, oh, okay, well, so now what now? What now? What do I do? What's next? So look and see where in life are you with your saddle that you've been riding on for so long? Most likely it's past the newness and past the discomfort of that new, rough ride. And possibly you've moved into the comfort zone and maybe you're still living in that comfort. But maybe you've come to that place where it doesn't feel so comfortable anymore. The old ways of doing things, the old ways of riding, riding that old saddle, just isn't so comfortable anymore. And if it isn't, Maybe it's time to look and see how you can do it different. Get a different position, get a different saddle, get a different whatever. It might be a different attitude. My different attitude was bringing God into it. Getting out of the race of life and bringing it into grace. And having every moment of every day filled with God's grace, God's loving, God's participation. Okay. So go saddle up and let's see how you ride. <laughs> <laughs>